0: First Peter 1 verse 6, In this, that is, that we've been born again to an inheritance that's guarded and protected by God Himself, in this you rejoice. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise "...and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls." Faith. Faith in God comes to us in differing forms and in differing levels. Their first is faith that brings us to this salvation that we have and we enjoy. But then later on, God begins to call us on forward to a greater measure of faith. And as we read these words before us today, we find that the Lord here is speaking of a very special dynamic that takes place within a person's soul when they're required to step on forward. And to exercise extraordinary measures of faith that they've never experienced before. And here in verse 6, that special dynamic is spoken about as this strange ability to rejoice. To rejoice even as we're experiencing suffering and severe distress and various trials. And he tells us here that our rejoicing will be to no small measure. In verse 8, our joy is described as rejoicing with joy inexpressible. And may I pause for a moment and acknowledge again that it's too often that we read right on past words such as these and not give them their proper due. I say that because I have done that exact thing with these very words. And I know that I must not permit that sort of thing to take place because there are special secrets and mysteries hidden all through these scriptures. And God does truly want to reveal those to us. And you and I need only to be willing to listen to and to receive them. And that truth is so well expressed in words that I have read to you often before, but I do want to read them again. And they come from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning in verse 7. He speaks about these this wisdom and these hidden secrets. So in verse 7 we read, We impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him. These things God, and listen, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God that we might understand the things freely given to us by God, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Folks, I love to see and to hear and to learn God's special secrets, His wisdom, and His mysteries. Because as I do, I know all the more that I am a true son. Of His, Here in these words, God reveals to us that His great truths come into our hearts and into our minds and into our souls only through one source and one means. And that is through the Holy Spirit. And that same truth and that same source and means are being revealed to us here in our worship text. The Holy Spirit is faithful to do His part. Our part in this great equation is Faith. And here God's Holy Spirit is taking us one more step deeper into this very special mystery of faith. Listen again to these words. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Again, here in this text, God is taking us one more step deeper into this special mystery of faith. And if we'll be willing to walk with Him through it, He'll take us into the realms of faith where we've never been before. But we need to be warned, as He has clearly done that with us here. This step of faith that we would take requires suffering, sometimes very painful suffering. But along with that suffering, listen, along with that suffering also comes joy inexpressible. Joy inexpressible. As we study these words, I want to use an expression that helps me to better understand the special steps of faith and the joy inexpressible that takes place during our times of difficult suffering and distress. And that word is exhilaration. Exhilaration. My thoughts go to the Apostle Peter and that special exhilaration that he must have experienced as he stepped out onto the water to walk to Jesus. And yes, I do know that Peter's walk did not last very long, perhaps only a few steps. But oh, would you not have loved to have walked those few steps with Peter? The word exhilaration isn't used here in these scriptures, but I do believe that it describes that special experience when excitement and joy and fear are all mixed together when we step out onto uncertain waters. I recall some years ago when I was taking flying lessons, there were certain special moments that could literally almost stop my heart. Moments like those just as my wheels were about to touch down on the runway. As we know, there's no real danger while you're is soaring freely through the air. It's only in those moments when your plane is about to come into contact with the earth that any real threat of your safety takes place. And it's in those very special moments when that mixture of fear and excitement and fun come together all at one time. That's when I learn the real definition of exhilaration. Now I get that same sense as I read these words here in our worship text. May I read them again for us here. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, salvation of your souls. Now here it's not an airplane that brings exhilaration. It's the simple but very difficult exercise of our faith during some of those most difficult of circumstances of life. Thinking again of Peter's first real experience there with faith, there on the water with Jesus, That was a very big step of faith for Peter. One that I've wished so often, so many times that I could experience. I confess to you that I have often considered going up to the lake at French camp and stepping off the end of that pier, but I've never followed through. I really wish that I would do it. And yes, I do know that what I'm saying sounds a little insane, but... Don't you wonder, don't you wonder what might happen if you had the strength of faith to do something like that? Folks, I do believe that under the right circumstances and for the right purposes of God, I really could step out onto that water and I would not sink. I would walk. I just don't know what that right circumstance and that right purpose might be. And having not known that, I've always just walked away. Now, for clarity, may I say that I have come to accept that those out of the ordinary steps of faith seem always in Scripture to be prompted by an actual command from God. That was so in the Old Testament, but it was certainly so in this circumstance with Peter and the Lord Jesus. As Peter was there in the boat, he said to the Lord Jesus, Lord, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said to Peter, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water to Jesus. A command. I confess that I've never sensed that the Lord has commanded me to step out onto water. And perhaps that's the reason why I haven't taken that step. But may I say to us with these words, God is doing a very similar thing as that which took place with Peter there on the water. Here God is clearly telling us that there will be times. There will be times when He will command you and me to join with Him in a next level of faith. One that will require great suffering, distress, trials. A step of faith that will only be attainable, only be bearable as it's a accompanied by the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's name is not mentioned here in this Scripture text. But His presence is clearly written into every context of these words. May I read them again? And listen for the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about that in a moment. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. So that sets the circumstance so that the tested genuineness of your faith. And recall, faith is really not faith until it's tested. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you've not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now here in verse 7, we especially see the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit where it said, May be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is revealed in these words of John 15. Let me read those for you. Jesus said, When the Helper, the Holy Spirit, comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, He'll bear witness about me. Remember the words that I read here a moment ago. May be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. These words again. When the Holy Spirit comes, who proceeds from the Father, He will bear witness about me. And then Jesus goes on to say in John 16, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. Recall at that time, He was just getting ready to be crucified. And he realized that he was not able to say a lot more to them. But he's saying here that the Holy Spirit now will come. If I don't leave, then he's not able to come. But as I leave, he will come to you. And I, he's saying, I still have many things to say to you. You cannot bear them now. When the Holy Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And listen, he'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, Jesus says, for he will take what is mine and declare to you all that the Father has has is mine. Therefore I say that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So at the revelation of Jesus Christ that he's talking about here in verse 7 of our text, that's what he's doing here. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit does within our souls. And again, this step of faith that God is calling you and me to, it'll be in short, choppy steps. But God does intend for this faith, this extra faith, this extraordinary faith, to become a daily occurrence within our lives. My question to you and to me, do you, do I, want to go ahead and move on ahead with the Lord and take this step of faith? Are we ready to do that? Do you want to do that? Now most of us would quickly say, yes, we do want to take that extra step of faith. And we really would mean it if we said it. But just as with the disciples out there on that water that day, recall that only one of them, only one of them, Peter, actually took that step. And even then, after he had walked all the way out to Jesus, he still faltered in his faith and began to sink. Why do you and I often choose to stay in the boat? Why have I stayed in the boat most of my life? As I thought through this for this message, I came to the conclusion that it's for the same reason that the children of Israel chose to stay there in the wilderness instead of going on out into the promised land. In the book of Hebrews, it tells us it's because of a lack of faith. And added to that lack of faith was great fear. The children of Israel saw only giants, and they were afraid. Jesus' disciples, they saw the winds and the waves. And they also knew that every other time, every other time that they had put their foot into the water, they had actually sank into the water. Folks, faith truly is strange and mysterious. It has to do with that secret wisdom that we read about a moment ago. It's a belief in something that we cannot see and that's very difficult for us. Hebrews 11.1 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Not seen. And in today's text, though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him. And rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with joy. As Jesus walked on the water near the boat, the very first thing that He said to His disciples is, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. You'll recall as with the times with those angels, as they would address Mary and the different other people, said to the shepherds, Do not fear. Fear is one of those things that guides and determines our decisions and the actual amount of faith, the level of faith that we exercise. But here as we read these precious words regarding our faith and as we remember the assurances that God's Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth, the secret wisdom from God is that if we will only surrender ourselves over into His hands, then the Holy Spirit will walk with us into those new realms and conditions of faith, those spiritual experiences. Though you've not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. When this faith starts to be worked out in your and my life, we're going to experience this. This dear saint that I've spoken of on other occasions, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, preaches that this joy inexpressible spoken about here describes this condition of soul that takes place when the Lord Jesus does another work within our souls by pouring out His Holy Spirit upon upon our souls. Now yes, from the first moment that we're saved, we do have the presence of the Holy Spirit living within us. But he preaches, and I join him in what he says, that there are other extraordinary times when we need an extraordinary presence of God's Spirit. And it's in those times and circumstances that the Lord Jesus pours out His Spirit upon us. And here in today's text, God seems to be describing that extraordinary suffering that will come to us who would really step on forward with Christ. And because we would choose to do that, then He would join with us by pouring out an extra measure of His Holy Spirit upon us. And then the evidence of His extra presence being poured out upon us will be this overwhelming sense of joy and rejoicing. that's spoken about here. This joy inexpressible. And then adding to that, verse 9, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your soul. This special faith... And the Lord Jesus is only possible by the extraordinary presence of God's Holy Spirit. Folks, with these words, Jesus is plainly calling, probably commanding you and me to take this next step of faith. Just as assuredly as He commanded Peter to step out of the boat and come to Him. I believe He's calling you and me to take that next step of faith. And yes, with these words... We must be warned that along with this experience, there will be suffering that you and I will endure. Trials, distress. But folks, the Lord Jesus is worth any amount of suffering, any amount of distress. Our faith, our salvation are worth the suffering that we'll experience. And I really do want to take that next step of faith. I really do. And I would ask you, do you? Do you want to take that next step of faith? may not be a big one. It may end up much like Peter where we only walk a few steps and then we begin to sink. But then the next time that we decide to take that step, we'll walk further. And then the next time, even further. And it'll become a natural way of life. Does not that sound wonderful? Jesus, I can see in my imagination, is holding out His hand to me, to you, commanding us, To come to him and he is trustworthy with our souls. These words as we close. Though you've not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's pray.